Hey, Sound Opinions listeners, if you support us on Patreon, you get to listen to our podcast ad-free on Patreon. One, two, tres, cuatro. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and this week we talk about supergroups. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. First, we talk with the most exciting supergroup making music today, Boy Genius. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The names Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker should be familiar to Sound Opinions listeners. They're each responsible for some of our favorite albums of the past six years. Phoebe and Lucy have both been guests on the show uh, chatting with us. In 2018, these three friends put out the Boy Genius EP, which quickly became a topic of obsession for a particular subset of music fans. Uh, Greg, remember that HBO show, uh, Mayor of Easttown? Mm -hmm. They used a Boy Genius concert as a big plot point in 2021. I do for sure, Jim, and that, that's just a small indication of the excitement the trio generated with just six songs. Now, four and a half years later, they're back with an album called The Record, 12 tracks recorded at Rick Rubin's Shangri-La Studios in Malibu. But Rubin did not produce it. The group brought in Catherine Marks along with Sarah Tudson of Illuminati Hotties, Jay Som, and Phoebe Bridger's frequent collaborator, Tony Berg. They signed to a major label and put out a short film directed by Kristen Stewart. Uh, just a heads up, listeners, this is a re-airing of our original Boy Genius interview from earlier in 2023. Now, since then, their album, The Record, was released, plus their EP, The Rest, which we reviewed on the show. Uh, they played concerts all over the country, including selling out Madison Square Garden and as well as Saturday Night Live. They also received five Grammy nominations. We were very sad, Mr. Cott, that you couldn't be here for the interview, but everybody deserves a vacation. Producer Alex Claiborne stepped up with an able assist on what turned out to be uh, a great conversation, really relaxed and casual. When you moved to Chicago, we were spinning out. When you don't know who you are, you and find out. The line that jumps out to me as I listen again and again to the record is when you don't know who you are, I'm going to paraphrase only slightly, you mess around and find <laughs> out. Um, 
which is brilliant. So I'm wondering, the three of you, is coming together again as Boy Genius for the first time since that 2018 EP uh, messing around, or have you all arrived at a place in in, of self confidence uh, where where now it's like we can do what we want and we want to do this? Yes. I both. love that you just asked, did we mess around and find out? <laughs> yes. I do also want to say that uh, only one person has caught this so far, that True mm. Blue, it's like about the blue line in mm. Chicago. So shout oh. out. So what do you think? Are you messing around as boy genius or is this, uh, you know, we, we have proven ourselves. We are the artists. We are, uh, uh, if we want to do a side project, we can. I think yeah, I think we are both messing around and finding out. It's a constant loop of self-discovery and messing around. Yeah, you know, like like it doesn't, uh, like like the schedule of making an album means that we could only reach so many conclusions in that time. But we mm-hmm. continued making stuff and yeah. having conversations that helped us arrive at things. Yeah. Um. But but making the record was our mo- most concentrated time of creating together ever so the album's like a freeze frame on a continuous conversation that the three of us just have yeah Mm. and continue to have uh i get so annoyed that as soon as i feel like i know myself i change it's so annoying yeah like like (laughs) self-discovery never ending that's so annoying but this is life exciting it is exciting but it's like just exciting because you don't have to be bored yeah, I'm more excited about it recently than in in my past. I'd be like, you know what? Dang. That's also an out of character thing for me to say. We just switched. Yeah, we <laughs> just switched. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I yeah. Okay, so we've established that Julian and Lucy have switched roles uh, somewhat. Um, I I know you've told this story a million times already, and you're just gearing up for the release of the record but but what was the impetus um you know and how did you come together for this very intense period of a month of 10 hour days we'd been planning it forever plotting and scheming but yeah like a week after my record came out i started writing something that felt like it was a boy genius song and then and then we just were planning on getting together and making something for two years until we actually Mm. got to make it uh which feels really special and i cannot believe it comes out right now it's like, it's like a week away tomorrow is when our album oh comes God. out I've, and that is insane yeah to me I it's so good one of the oh, like you. real big like uh parabola like sine waves of like this is the best ever we're the best band and then i was listening to it and like could not get out of editor brain and being Mm. this is Mm. no this will never be good enough and i listened to it in the car uh yesterday and it freaking bangs it bangs (laughs) yeah (laughs) some Um, might say slaps you know i've always liked a record yeah it's not that i haven't liked it it's just that i'll like things will bug me yeah totally i won't well that was true until it changed some of the lyrics and went back and recorded like i'm meticulous in my own weird way i have a couple things that will stick in my craw forever but no one knows so i in don't need crawl to... is that stick in your craw <laughs> sticking whoa i think that's a thing yeah i'm from california i don't know about none of that oh, something stick, when something's stuck in your craw 
I, like I, I can infer the meaning. But, uh, <laughs> Only you know, which makes it good, but also slightly worse because you're like, I'll carry this with me forever, and like no one else will know. But also, also, I like if people don't know, like I always think of like people's ears are intelligent. Like when people say, I don't know anything about music, but I like this or that. I'm like, it's, you have taste and you do know what's going on. You just know the words for it. Or like, yeah. I like my mom will go to a show of a local band and be like, yeah, I, I really didn't like it. And I'm like, the basis <laughs> sucks. Like the, you can't re mm. really hear it, but the basis sucks. Yeah, you and that's why you wrong. don't like it because it sounds bad because the basis sucks. Um, right. it's, a, it's an instinctual so, gut emotional reaction. And then you don't always have the words to articulate yeah. it. There's a few things that I, there's probably three things that I would change, which is a really low number. Well, you can tell on this record too, the connection that you have with one another. And, you know, Lucy, you were just talking about this, a gut reaction of knowing when something is good, when you feel like the people making the music are doing it for each other. There's a warmth to it and an, a mutual respect and understanding. I felt that moments on the record, especially the opening track, reminded me a lot of those trio records that Dolly Parton, uh, Linda Ronstadt, and Emmylou Harris did. Give me everything you've got, I'll take what I can get, I want to hear your story and be a part of it. And I was wondering if you've heard that at all, or... No, we've all heard it, and they're all legends. What an honor to be I like mentioned. the Neil Young cover a lot, the After the Gold Rush. Mm, yeah. So good. I think most male supergroups have sucked, have always sucked. <laughs> but, but you know, from from those three records that, 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 you know, from, from those records Alex mentioned all the way up to high women today, it's like uh, female artists have come together and done it much better and truly earned the super. Or like case like the whole case Lang Veers thing. Mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. And I wonder, well, and it's not to say that there aren't, because there's that thing, what, Planetarium with like Desner and Sufjan and a couple other folks. Yeah. And like, I think there are people who are doing it. Was Cros Crosby, Stills and Nash, were they a band before they had solo careers or were they separate? No, it, it, they came together. They after. were in other bands like Buffalo Springfield and Crosby was in the Birds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they were good. They're such tools. Yeah. <laughs> Both Greg and I have had 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 Crosby uh, uh, hang up on us when we dared ask about the four hundred dollar tickets. Oh. You know, I mean, this is the guy who sang. By the time we get to Woodstock, we were half a million strong. Yeah. Peace, love, you know, community, and I'll charge whatever I want. F you, hang up. <laughs> may, his, may his grumpy ass rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was allegedly part of his charm, his greatness. Yeah, exactly. I want to be happy, I'm ready to walk into my room without looking for you. The three of you recreated the cover of Rolling Stone that Nirvana did all those years ago with the suits. Um, you also recreated the photo shoot of them in the colorful dresses and outfits. And I was wondering mm. whose idea was it and how did you decide who would stand in for who? I think, uh, well, that's a fun end to the question. It's so clear. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's so obvious. <laughs> it's so obvious. And that's why it was fun. But. Yeah. Um, it was my high school friend Alex Mitchell's idea, like, years ago. It was like, if Boy Genius ever does anything again, can you please let me source these garments for a photo shoot? And then um, 
when we secured Rolling Stone, they also came up with the idea separately. And it's fun mm. to like see an idea crop up from different places and it must be good if a lot of people are having it. Um, and it was cool. We ac- I actually got to bring her to help style the shoot. Um, but yeah, it, we are each of those. We look like them a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I look exactly like Dave Grohl. You look like Dave Grohl. Yeah. Oh. Well, and like Lucy somewhere. is the tallest, like Chris yeah. Novoselic. It's like Phoebe's got the blonde hair. I, I figured as much, but I saw that. I think the photos of you all in the colorful dresses and stuff came out first on Twitter. And I was like, oh, new boy genius is coming. I can feel it. Like, yeah. I know it's. <laughs> I liked doing drag of drag. Yeah, drag of yeah. drag. Yes, very yeah. meta. <laughs> now illegal yeah. in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so a month of 10-hour days and uh, uh, recording this uh, very intense uh, period. Um, uh, but I, I gathered from the way you've been talking about those sessions, all of you, that, that you'd have been happy to go until you dropped every day, that it was fun. It was a joyful experience in the studio. Yeah, and we lost our minds. Yeah, <laughs> we should have been better about the schedule. Like, I don't want to romanticize the mania of like there was just a point where when you're working for seven days straight without any space like you're just not having any more ideas and you push through it and eventually you come up with something but the pushing through it actually takes longer Mm -hmm. than if you'd had a day off Mm -hmm. so i don't want to romanticize that but it all worked out but it's Mm -hmm. also difficult to i think it's difficult like when y'all see i feel i can sense this from y'all y'all not wanting to like intervene when i'm like no i've got this, just, just let me plug this make this one little setting it's gonna be fine and then i can sense y'all being like whether or not this is productive she has to do it yeah and so mm. i feel like i had a lot of that for y'all's mm. process in whatever way that cropped up like well mine's in post-production like I, I, you know, well, like what I mean too about how it was unproductive to keep pushing through some of the days. Like, I just like let guitar sounds be whatever they were, and then I had to spend five days fixing them later because I knew it wasn't mm. right in the moment. But so you I, like, didn't have the bandwidth to like it to in, find it then, which is why I love space and recording because if if there's a snare sound or whatever that isn't right you're like it's been a long day we have to record and then and then if you give yourself the space to edit it where you forget how hard the day was and you're just listening to what it is you're like i don't care how long it takes it's gonna be perfect it's gonna outlive us Mm -hmm. and it's gonna i'm gonna fix it that's something that we didn't really have in the studio because we did it all in 30 days um Mm. but but we worked it out and 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 like i think we let those things uh marinate in our own frustration for a second before fixing we fixed all types of and and that the uh other side of that to me is that the songs are solid and so things that were like wrong in our head even if we had left them there wasn't really messing them up like so I, I felt kind of like pressure, like I did really want specific sounds, but like think about all those like 90s records where the snare sounds like utter. Dude, yeah. I think about this very <laughs> occurrence. 
quite frequent. Well, we, we, we just paid tribute on the show uh, last week to the producer Spot, who died, who did all those early SST records, you know. And some of them really sound like they were recorded under muffled blankets in 10 minutes, you know. So awesome. But, mm-hmm. but New Day Rising by Who's Could Do, I mean, you know. Yeah. It, it would be amazing if it was recorded on you know, one track on a, a cell phone, you know. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. possibly it would be less amazing if it were pristine. And yeah. that's this problem with the modern way to record is that there's so many options at your home now that like you're not actually being creative because of the limitations. You're like you're actually it's more risky to sound like a cheesy like like perfect identical the entire song snare sound. But then it's also yeah. cheesy to choose no uh, fi sometimes. Yeah. I yeah, or like I I kind of don't like when people are just pick a decade and do the decade. Mm. Um, totally. I like that. that that's it feels like an Instagram filter to me. Yeah. But then people who like go in and out. I have like I'm a sucker for uh like changing fidelity in a record like Dijon who's opening for us. Mm um on our tour in june like his record absolutely comes in and out of high fidelity in a way that feels purposeful the whole time mm-hmm. um, mm. a chicago musician mckinley dixon does that sometimes too rich yeah. before yeah. chicago and a good friend i would yeah well the juxtaposition of of those two opening tracks without you mm. without them acapella Carter family back porch harmonizing, right? Thank my father before me, his mother before him. Who would I be without you without them? Into uh, the guitar riff from hell on $20. <laughs> uh, it is fantastic. Oh, sick. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bad idea, and I'm all about it. Give it one more chance, and then I finally had it. When you wake up, I'll be gone again. And we get some Moog, too, right? Is that a little analog synth uh, enhancing uh, uh, $20 as well? What did you say? <laughs> Uh, well, well, we have this massive guitar riff, and then I hear a little synth, but it might be something else. Oh, synth, synth, yeah. Synth, I thought yeah. you said sin enhancing. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. it was a sin-filled analog home. synth. And I was like, yes. it is also it is sin enhancing. There's a blurb for the yeah for the present was, album. Was that intentional? Let, let's show you the range of. What I wish I wish rock music was still sinning. Like, like sometimes it just feels so like now. now it's just beer commercial is is like the baseline yeah. not the baseline god <laughs> is the starting point for all guitar based music and and you're trying to beat you're trying to beat the corporate uh accusations not the hell accusations now um, wow yeah true know? true when we return, we'll dig into the meaning behind the band's recent Rolling Stone cover photo, and Greg and I'll share two of our other favorite supergroups. That's coming up on Sound Opinions. Sound Opinions is sponsored by Factor. 
Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success. Skip the grocery store, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options. Factor now offers additional options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what's on the schedule. When things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So if you want to try Factor and make your life easier, here's what you need to do. Head to factormeals.com soundops50 and use code soundops50 to get 50% off. That's code soundops50 at factormeals.com soundops50 to get 50% off. Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island's been brewing beers in the spirit of Chicago. You can find IPAs, lemonade, shandy, and limited releases in-store or at one of Goose's venues in Chicago. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. And we are back. This week, producer Alex Claiborne and I are talking with Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker about their new record called The Record as Boy Genius. We left off talking about the challenge of making rock music that isn't just a recreation of something that's been done before. We just reviewed Screaming Females, and I feel like they're doing stuff that is very cool and it sounds refined but it doesn't sound fake it doesn't sound like yeah you know they're doing every single thing like that's an example of a recent i feel like rock album that is actually sounding like now that's what again so fun about the nirvana cover is because we're referencing a diff a time where they were like making fun of being corporate and you know on the cover of a magazine where the like the magazine what that means to be on the cover of rolling stone has changed so much since nirvana was on the cover like it it is so fun to be making a reference that's dead kind of um yeah or that's like recontextualized now that rolling stone takes up a different space in culture or that like print magazine isn't the huge thing it's like yeah exactly it's more of a um monolith of like a cultural it's like a cultural touchstone as a brand mm-hmm. unless yeah i wonder how many people even have a dead tree rolling stone anymore yeah exactly. they've all seen that photo but they've seen it via social media exactly oh i have like five of those dead tree rolling stones because i was <laughs> stoked and so was my mom yeah, oh, you should. If you're on the cover of Rolling Stone, you need to get some of those. I'm straight up bringing a physical copy of Rolling Stone to Thanksgiving this year so that when my extended family asks me what my job is, I can just... Like, what are you doing? You're like, have <laughs> you ever heard of it? Something so cute. This is the yeah, radio. I love it. Oh, yeah. For Christmas, my dad, he's a graphic designer, and he made three alternative covers to Rolling Stone of him, my mom, and my brother. And, like, mm. they're the image, and they have, like, different headlines. I need to, like, put it online somewhere. But, um, to even things out. He was like, yeah, just so we don't get jealous of you. We're all on the cover of Rolling yeah. Stone now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> All on the same level. I, I, I hate to gripe about it, but my eight and a half months uh, as music editor of Rolling Stone, uh, we, we had... Pretty iconic, Ma- Jim. That's always awesome. iconic. That's more iconic than being on the cover. Yeah. No, I was fired for panning the second Hootie and the Blowfish album. Thou shalt not impede the <laughs> com- flow of comedy. You were fired for having yeah. an opinion? That's yeah. iconic. That's iconic. Yes, that's it was a footnote to a footnote. If you weren't fired, you wouldn't be tight. Tell the 18-year-olds that. No, it's been bragging ever since. I spoke the I was truth too... about Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> and they couldn't handle it. It wasn't even that nasty review. I said they were the equivalent of, like, milk and cookies. You know, it's, it's a Hallmark card. It's, oh. you know. If anyone and, uh, no, 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 said no, no, I was no, no, the no. equivalent of milk and cookies. Wait. Because that's the uh, the quote that's like the opposite of love isn't hatred it's indifference. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When people yeah. say your music is mid, I want to make Oof. music that's failing Offensive. spectacularly. Yeah. I don't want to be yeah. mid. I don't want to be like, oh, that was nice what you did. The number one sin in rock and roll or pop music or whatever you want to call it is to be boring. Is to just be okay. Yeah. Take chances. It's a sin. It's a sin Number one sin. Yeah. And now I'm sin incest. Well, I mean, there is a song inspired by Hail Satan on the record. Yeah. Hail yeah. Satan. Yeah. Hail Satan. Tonight. Tell that story about what was it about that documentary that connected with? Are it? you speaking to me? Are you asking me to <laughs> yes, tell Julie, you about my yes. experiment? Or my my experiment. Well, Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your experiment my with Satan. Experience. Uh, my experience with watching. Um, the, uh, I'm going to abbreviate this. I grew up super religious. I thought the being told that I was queer and that meant I wasn't allowed in church would make me less interested in God. But I was like, nope, I'm going to figure this riddle out. And so I got upset. Mm. I was like a sophomore in high school trying to read Kierkegaard and like figure out what God needed me to do and like try getting into the Bhagavad Gita and stuff. So I was like, mm. obviously spiritually inclined and then i watched you were searching hail satan and at the end of it i was like it was right after i had deconstructed a whole bunch about my like very zealous intense like anarcho-christian weirdo cornerstone kid faith and uh i was like am i am i do i agree with satanists like is the thing my parents told me is the most off limits and is the most abominable do I actually, am I watching this documentary, seeing how Satanists worship the edification of the self in each other mm-hmm. and seeing how there's like Satanists out here doing food drives and clothing drives and like yeah. a needle exchanges and stuff for like the unhoused population in their cities. I'm like, oh, am I wrong about this so then i wrote this tune that was like what if i decided to be a satanist would you still love me it's what did you say it's the equivalent of would you still love me if i was a bug <laughs> yeah like you would know, you love me if i was completely different yeah like, yeah you know how like people in relationships are like uh what if i this is <laughs> this is a fear i actually have because i saw it on on untold mysteries where somebody, some kids dropped a vat. Wait, untold mysteries? <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Unsolved, unsolved mysteries? <laughs> untold, untold mysteries. There's untold. not a show called Untold Mysteries. Because <laughs> they so, wouldn't be told. 
That should be the next album title. Yeah, Untold, Untold Mysteries, Mysteries is just it's a good one. The yeah. blank TV screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably the most mysterious. Yeah, it is so mysterious. <laughs> but wait, you know, whatever. There's like that crazy ass, and it'll be like, and then teenagers dropped a vat of battery acid on this unsuspecting woman on the freeway, and she burned her whole face. And like, people will be like, would you still love me if I got my face burned off by battery? Like, just ridiculous scenarios. Like, yes. people will say that. And so I was having a, a scenario of like, I wonder who in my life I could tell. I think I might want to entertain becoming a satanist that would be chill with it and it's us and, and it's, it's y'all yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is indicative of many reasons yeah totally. writ large that i'm a boy genius because i feel like if i texted them like i'm joining a satanist commune they'd be like live your truth yeah, send pics. yeah. Send pics. well yeah hit me up when you you're know, back yeah that central back. credo of, of do what thou will is the whole of the law and it often gets cut off there but the rest of it so long as ye shall harm none i mean that's a that's a it's pretty close to christianity and b it's not a bad way to live do whatever you want don't hurt anybody Satanism is way closer to historical Christianity than it is to current evangelical yes, Christianity. Totally. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> you said you had other stuff. Will you be a Satanist with me? So our former Sound Opinions intern, uh, Mary Bernthal, recently tweeted, Boy Genius is the traveling Wilburys for people on Zoloft. And I just felt very seen by that. <laughs> That's good. I think like, Mary's time with us has paid off. Yeah. <laughs> Mary hit it out of the park. Like when I saw that, I was like, first I felt very seen. I was like, Zoloft gang, rise up. Like, let's go. Um, but also I I think that's a better descriptor or, or a more creative descriptor. Like sometimes I get tired of people trying to categorize any music that's not happy, happy, like we're partying tonight. Um, and so I was wondering, do you think that descriptor is accurate? Or like when people ask you, like, what is boy? genius about like what do you say in that in response to that what genius is about us mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah it's about like friendship hanging out being scared to lose each other enjoying our time together laughing smiling laughing smiling chilling, chilling. <laughs> <laughs> um some of the songs are fun right Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. For oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not a funeral procession by any means. No. Like you guys no, you have were bangers. trying desperately, Alex, to avoid that dreaded sad indie girl BS. It's you did, sad. and I am so proud of you for doing it, even though it's now shown up. Even and though we can now put it away. We failed. Let's, let's put it away. <laughs> well, I I bring it up to mock it. You know, I mean, what is sad about about twenty dollars? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing sad about twenty bucks. There's no. nothing well, yeah, true. I like that when you're like, boy genius is about us. Yeah. Because our lives, like, because the life, the lived experience of a person existing in a marginalized demographic is inherently engaging with the political. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I feel like 
it is in it's like what is boy genius about or like the mission statement someone asked us what our mission statement was we said do gay we crime say, in unison having in never unison, spoken about it we were all like, once do before gay crime. but like there doesn't have like i think it is sometimes more effective to address the political in an individual context in an interpersonal context and so like writing about my friendship with these guys to me is an inherently radical act because we're mm. like documenting friendships and relationships that exist at a time where we really need and depend on them mm-hmm. i've Correct me if I'm wrong, Phoebe. Like for for me, I tried to write mostly stuff that was like about shared experiences because I don't want them to have to sing stuff that isn't true for them. Like Phoebe's songs maybe come from a place that's like your life, but understandings that you've come to with us. Oh, exactly. It's like it's like the you know the intimacy issues that I have that I'm writing about a lot on this record are things that I would bring to you guys for some empathy and perspective uh, in a way that I don't do on my solo albums. Mm. You know, I'm writing from like a self-reflective place on my solo records. And and this really is like bringing, bringing kind of like some of the weaker parts of my self to my friends to discuss. loved your music video too for not strong enough which is just you guys hanging out at the carnival mini golf and i was wondering was that a concept that you had been thinking up or were you just kind of vlogging as you were hanging out and you saw you know everything that you had collected and decided i find that it's the juxtaposition of that video where it's like i'm hanging out with my best friends we're there for each other and then the lyrics which are decidedly i cannot be the person that i need to be for this other person I found that juxtaposition interesting and I was wondering if you had considered that, if that was intentional. Well, there's a lot in there that we had already uh, from our lives, but the concept was very much like we were coming up against the clock for putting a music video out and and just like disagreeing conceptually and nothing felt like, and we, and we disagreed and then the person who brought whatever idea would be like yeah i don't even like it enough to fight for it like it was just Mm -hmm. it was just not happening uh and Mm -hmm. and not really what we were focusing on um and so also like like always happens to us we had like a press month and or like a month of work in january and the days were just dwindling and my dad died and i had to leave town and it was just like a nightmare and nothing sounded nicer than hanging out Mm -hmm. all day for our job uh 
in that way and and yeah it was an amazing day so yeah um we just needed it (laughs) yeah and we did the thing that i used to do as a kid which was like hang out with my friends and then make a, a video on iMovie. Yes, yeah, I was about to say, that. It, it really evokes the like, I had one of these two. Um, oh my gosh. Now that you're gone, I'm so... now that you're gone by Metro Station. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. One of those two. Metro Station. That's a throwback. I'd want Listen, to, um, I'm very. What's that? Myself. Harder, better, faster, stronger. Is that what the song's yeah, called? Yeah, is it the Daft Punk or Kanye? Uh, Daft Punk. Okay, of course. The juxtaposition is interesting. I don't think that we were like thinking too big brain about it, but now that you brought it up, uh, I think it's nice that like that sentiment, I guess you could read as like a failure, but actually it's just an admission of the truth and you can relax into not being strong enough and people can still accept you and take what you can offer. And I feel like that's part of being a really good friend is I have told friends before, like I'm in other words, I'm not strong enough to do whatever you need from me. And the friends that have been like, cool, you're not my entire world and I can yeah, talk to anybody else um, are the friends that are like still in my life. Like people who can accept what I have to give and like all my weaknesses. Um, those are the relationships that last. So good call picking that up. Thank you. <laughs> Alex is the talent behind our show for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. You're very flattered. No. Yeah, no. you know. You know, Interscope cover of Rolling Stone. Phoebe, you're going out on this this most anticipated tour of, uh, of this century, really. Um <laughs> Not to be the old guy bringing up uh, uh, the comparisons, but, but you guys brought it up first on the cover of Rolling Stone. You know, I went to Seattle. I I, I, I interviewed Nirvana. They only did three interviews uh, before In Utero came out. You know, the LA Times, New York Times, and Kurt wanted to talk to me. Um, Amazing. You know, and there was this trepidation. It's like, how big does this get? Uh, they were scared, you know, of suddenly playing Reading and they're playing Polly, which is a horrifying, the uh, Reading Fest, a horrifying song about a rape. And, and you know, many people in that crowd of 100,000 are not getting <laughs> what it was about. And it, the dope Kurt is in a dress with badly applied nail polish and lipstick, you know. Oh, they're cheering the wrong parts. And, and yeah. they were both attracted to that level of stadium success, for lack of a better word, and repelled by it. You know, they came from where you come from, from the indie world uh, and from a certain intimacy with the audience. Does uh, does reaching this biggest audience of any of your careers at this moment, uh, you know, is it a mixed blessing? Does it come with some fear? Yes. Yes, 100%. I th- but I think it comes with fear for for ourselves and each other, not for our closeness. Hmm. I think that I feel equipped mm-hmm. to, if something bad happens, to talk either of you down. Yeah. yeah, and comfort you. I, I feel also, equipped as your friends, but also inequipped for this completely inhumane experience, which is yeah, fame. I, I just want to say what you just laid out about like the song not coming across. I'm not afraid of the music not being understood. Like I don't think that the songs have left room for a misunderstanding that I couldn't live with. Yeah. yeah yeah i think i was like about to think about you know born in the usa people mm. playing that at like yes baseball games yeah. it's like this is sad 
or rage against the machine like yeah. accidentally having like white bro like loving totally killing in the name of yes who what's mm-hmm. the who's the politician that paul ryan yeah, paul, apparently right, paul is ryan. the guy paul oh, ryan right yeah. oh yeah that uh, guy oh uh i love to never i'm not of afraid him. of that i, <laughs> I love to <laughs> never think of him i think the closest that could happen is like yeah turfs turfs or mm-hmm. like just, turfs are not welcome on turfs are not welcome neolibs aren't welcome um but you lips are welcome if you don't talk and you listen if you just oh yeah if you listen to if us you and listen. you change your opinion if you just listen but there's a great kurt cobain quote that's like i hate you like my music isn't for you <laughs> if you are a racist and homophobic yeah. and um and that's beautiful like just to be comfortable being like get out of my show get mm-hmm. out of my show yeah but he, he couldn't control it you know yeah uh, totally because they were so massive yeah but i yeah. like I like that, you know, Nirvana probably did change the minds of so many people who could have gone a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, they were so massive that, of course, like their music is being played at frat parties. uh, And it's but yeah, like that, that's just such a huge cultural responsibility that I don't think we're responsible for (laughs) how how our how our music is misheard. Like we've tried our hardest to make it. The fact understandable. that, like, when we were teens, we were getting interviewed about big concepts and asked to be spokespeople is, like, so weird. Like, just because you wrote something cool, people also need to make you a reliable news source. And, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's good. Or some to- kind of martyr. Like, someone who is, like... Or a spokesperson. Yeah, like, yeah, a spokesperson. I felt that way, too. And then it got to me so hard. I think that's what drove so much of my, like, weird fear and obsession early on, like, in the first record, people being like, so you wrote a song about God. Tell us about everything you know about God. Yeah. <laughs> like, God, name th- th- three, three God songs. Name, name yeah. three Bible verses. I'd be like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was literally brainwashed. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, that voice of a generation thing going back to Dylan has, you know, it's always a crock and, and, and people forget, you know, you watch, uh, don't look back and, and Dylan's having fun. Dylan's, mm-hmm. Dylan's taking the piss out of all those interviewers who are asking him big, important, heavy questions. Love and then it. you read his autobiography and he says his biggest influence was, was tiny Tim. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Although there's something about that though. There's like a fine line though, because I kind of don't like when, people who have been given the opportunity to have something important and thoughtful to say Mm. use it to say something spectacular that's like garnering interest out of shock value that doesn't contribute to the discourse i'm like Mm. okay so the price of me being given by life or fate this opportunity to be in like to have a microphone in front of my mouth i can't believe i'm about to quote spider-man right now do it do it with <laughs> great power comes great responsibility Wait, spider-man was not the first <laughs> right that's like an old dodge. no that is just a did you say a dodge right adage adage well wow. oh! <laughs> wait a dodge are you gonna try to drag it's me both. 
Wait, you can say wait how do you say how do you say how do you say assuage? Assuage. Assuage. I say assuage. Assuage. <laughs> that's acceptable i'm not gonna take any of your uh, i'm gonna no, let you're thinking of adagi like the musical concept the musical term I yeah i am <laughs> a dog. okay fine i i could learn something you're being dull in richmond they say <laughs> adage no but but me. but you tried to make fun of me <laughs> you were like hold up time to make fun of you for being a dumb at uh e well, dummy <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. No, but there's there's two also, ways to look at that. So you're saying you're talking about the the great with great power comes great responsibility, Peter Parker. Is that um, not? <laughs> I didn't say Spider Man said that. I think Uncle Ben said that. Spider Man. <laughs> so we've been having laughs and making mistakes and being humans talking, right? Yeah. Uh, Alex and I feel like we're on the bed with the three of you. That <laughs> there's not the responsibility to be the voice of the generation then. Yeah, You've we, done the job with the Dodge record. All day. You know, yeah. the voice well, of a generation cannot pronounce <laughs> I think you've lived up to the responsibility of saying important things on the record, and then you can do whatever you want. In our you, old video interview today, <laughs> like the only way it would have translated is if it was in this interview. Yeah, what just happened? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. We are thrilled to be talking to Boy Genius, having having been talking to Boy Genius, Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus. Uh, thank you so much for sharing some time with us. So fun. You rock. Yeah. Thank you great. so thank you much. Amazing time. Thank you. Julian, I apologize before you, you, you were off camera. As, you know, we had Lucy on the show. We chatted with Lucy. We had Phoebe do a live event. And it's, a, you know, we would have been happy to do one with you, but the world ended for like three years. That's all right. She's Nothing. still around. I'm around. So. I, I survived. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk more about Satan. Yes. yes. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Just ring me. Yeah. I never listened. I had to see for myself. That's it for our conversation with Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker of Boy Genius. Now we want to hear from you. What do you think of the record? Where does Boy Genius rank among supergroups in your book? leave us a message on our website so we can play it on the show. Plus, if you're currently a Patreon supporter, or if you sign up now, you can hear the full unedited interview at patreon.com slash soundopinions. Coming up, Jim and I will add a few supergroup tracks to Desert Island Jukebox. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions. Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island has been brewing award-winning beers in Chicago that are inspired by this city. Take 312 Lemonade Shandy, Tropical Beer Hug Double IPA, and a rotating series of hazy IPAs only available in Chicago. Uh, you know, every time we go down to Goose Island, there's another one that they're pushing on us. That's right. You and know, they're all good. Absolutely. And uh, what supporters of, of musical culture, you know, in, in the city of Chicago and elsewhere, uh, if you go to a show in Chicago and you see that Goose Island uh, sign, you know, you know you're in good hands. Uh, they're music fans as well as great uh, beer makers at Goose Island. So we're really proud to be associated with them. The Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer.
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And we're back. With all the excitement around Boy Genius, we've been thinking about Jim's comments that most male supergroups have sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, you're right. I don't know that I can sign on to that completely, but I think generally you're right on, Jim. But I can think of many female supergroups that are great. Mm. If I had to choose just one, uh, I would have to go with uh, Wild Flag. Absolutely. That band put out one album in 2011, which was my top album of that year. I was just blown away by how good this band was. And they came in and played for us. They Remember did. that? They absolutely did. That band was a group that formed in, in the wake of Slater Kinney breaking up, or at least what they said was a, a, a hiatus, mm -hmm. which uh, ended up lasting for about a decade. Meanwhile, two members of Slater Kinney, Carrie Brownstein and the drummer Janet Weiss, we're looking for some more work to do. And uh, they hooked up with a couple of pals of theirs. Mary Timoney could not uh, have chosen love her. a better guitarist as well as songwriter and singer uh, to collaborate with. And then uh, Rebecca Cole, a uh, keyboardist in the Minders, adding a different flavor uh, mm -hmm. to the types of bands that they had been in before, very guitar-centric bands. Rebecca brought a totally different feel to the band's music with those keyboard textures, so they expanded. They made one self-titled record, Wild Flag, in 2011. I highly, highly recommend it. But, you know, what was uh, I loved about that band was they enjoyed playing with each other. I think they all yeah. saw it as like a big, a long holiday weekend. Yeah, they were having and a blast. When they were... When they were on stage together, they were just, you know, uh, Carrie Brownstein and Mary Timoney were just having a ball, mm -hmm. like jousting with those guitars. There was a two-guitar uh, duel going on uh, against Janet Weiss's incredible drumming and Rebecca's keyboards. Great band, great feel for the music. I think uh, one of the best records of the last 15 years as well. You could just about drop into this record and play any track, but I, I want to play a little bit of Glass Tambourine, which I think was one of the highlights mm -hmm. of the record. I saw them play it live numerous times, and uh, it works just as well on the self-titled record. Here's Glass Tambourine from Wild Flag on Sound Opinion. Did I ever tell you I was looking through Flag, Glass Tambourine, my pick for a female quote-unquote super group that uh, exceeded all expectations, I would say. Absolutely. I think my problem with male super groups is you often have just dueling egos clashing, making a heck of a racket. And, and yeah. you know, for whatever reasons, there are several female super groups over the years that, uh, that just 
collaborate with more passion and more cohesion. And I got to confess, I was unaware of the two albums that a trio of some of the best American singer-songwriters made together until Alex Claiborne brought it up. She was saying to me, I think that this Boy Genius record is like those two records that Dolly Parton, Emmy Lou Harris, and Linda Ronstadt made. And I was like, I was completely unaware of them, Greg. And um, it turns out in 1987, Trio, the first of those two records, and then again in 1999, a follow-up, there's a combination compilation that puts 20 songs from those two records uh, mm. together. I'm fans of all three of those artists. I'm somehow that collaboration went under my radar. It was difficult for these songwriters to make. They were friends. They were eager to do it. And because they recorded for three labels, <laughs> they got a lot of pushback from the industry. And that makes sense. Why have one best-selling album when you could have three from each of them individually? Mm -hmm. Why? Because they loved singing together. They loved working together, much like Boy Genius or Wild Flag. This was a labor of love, and that love is audible. It just comes through the grooves. Those three voices working together. Uh, I could play anything from the compilation of those two albums, but I'm going to go with After the Gold Rush by Neil Young. Uh, that wonderful 1970 song uh, title track to the album of the same name. The pathos, the sadness, the melancholia the depth of that song has always moved me. And to hear Dolly and Linda Ronstadt and Amy Lou Harris uh, sing it, I mean, it, it brings it to a whole new level. It's like my, my new favorite <laughs> Neil Young cover ever. Might even be better than the original. Here it is. There was a fanfare blowing to the sun There was floating on the Look at Mother Nature on the run in the 20th century. Look at Mother Nature on the run in the 20th century. After the Gold Rush by the incredible trio of Dolly Parton, Emmy Lou Harris, and Linda Ronstadt. Talk about a super group, huh? Did you know that those albums? Yeah, no, I do. And uh, in fact, I, uh, Neil Young, I once talked to him and he, he told he was telling me how much he loved their, their cover. Mm -hmm. Of course, when you've got three giants, you know, oh, with man. the voices that they have covering one of your songs, it's a, it's a huge honor. You and know? each very distinctive in their own styles of singing oh, and songwriting. But to see them merge, like Boy Genius, like... Wild Flag, it took the music to another level. What do we have on the show next week? Next week, we've got my mixtape, Jim's favorite singles of 2023, and obituaries from the year. And don't forget to check out our bonus podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program belong solely to Sound Opinions and not necessarily to Columbia College Chicago or our sponsors. Thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Sound Opinions is produced by Andrew Gill, Alex Claiborne, and our associate producer, Sol Delgadillo. Our Columbia College intern is Max Hatlam, and our social media consultant is Katie Cott. That's why I made it big time. Yeah.